Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. And we start with some sad news. Legendary Los Angeles Dodgers broadcaster Vin Scully, the voice of the team for more than 60 years, died yesterday at the age of 94. Generations of Angelinos grew up listening to Scully call games on both radio and television. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In a year that has been so the impossible has happened. There's a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. Fernando ready in the strike two pitch, is hit back to the box, dribbling to second. Samuel on the bag, close to first double play. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no-hitter at 10-17 in the evening of June the 29th, 1990. If you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky. Three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. And it wasn't just his knowledge of the game that captured their attention. It was his soothing voice and storytelling ability that captivated fans not only in Southern California, but across the country. I spoke earlier with Los Angeles Times reporter Bill Shakin about Vin Scully's career and what he meant to the city of Los Angeles and the game of baseball. What should we know about Vin Scully, Bill? I think there's two things. The first line, if you will, of his obituary probably will read in the obituaries that you see today, the greatest broadcaster in baseball history. It is 100% true. The other thing that you may not read as much about, but you should know, is that behind the microphone, was one of the most genuine and gracious men that ever lived. And of course, down here near Hollywood, we all know about people whose fame and fortune, shall we say, goes to their head. That never happened with Vin, 
If you stumbled across him at Dodger Stadium, you were just as likely to find him talking to one of the workers in the cafeteria as you were talking to one of the players. And Bill, talk more about Scully's relationship to the Dodgers specifically. Vin came to Los Angeles with the Dodgers in 1958 when they had moved from Brooklyn. And although certainly people in Los Angeles were familiar with baseball and minor league baseball had been played here for many years, the major leagues were new. And when the Dodgers came, they played in the LA Coliseum, a football stadium while Dodger stadium was getting built. So whether you went to the game and sat you know, almost miles away, or you heard the game on the radio, Vin was how Los Angeles met baseball. He taught a generation about the game. And because he was popular and new in the era when a transistor radio was popular and new, there were generations of Dodger fans that became Dodger fans because they went with Vin wherever they went. You could hear the game at the ballpark. You could hear the game at the beach. You could hear the game in the grocery store. Everybody wanted to keep up with the Dodgers. And the way they did that was by listening to the radio in their hand on which Vin Scully was broadcasting. Do you have a favorite Vin Scully moment, either over the airwaves or in person? Just being around him every day was so glorious because when I first met him, I had what I imagine would be a feeling for a lot of people, which is, oh, my God, the great Vin Scully is talking to me. And having been around the Dodgers for so many years, you get to the point where I don't want to say just another guy because he will never be that. But it was like seeing a friend at the ballpark. And so for me, I didn't lose a famous broadcaster last night. I lost a friend. No one else like him, right? I mean, I can't think of another individual in Los Angeles that unites so many people in universal love, really. We were incredibly blessed in Los Angeles. There are a couple of generations of us that grew up with not only Vin Scully on the Dodgers, but Chick Hearn on the Lakers. And for a time, Dick Enberg on the Angels. Bob Miller for many years did the Kings. That's like Mount Rushmore right there. All right. That is Bill Shaken of the Los Angeles Times, helping us to remember the life and times of Vin Scully. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
California faces increased wildfire danger across much of the state into the fall months. KQED climate editor Kevin Stark reports. At least four people have died in the Klamath Basin's McKinney Fire, this summer's deadliest. Wildfires have prompted evacuations near Yosemite and across the Sierra. But over the past two months, heavy fog, late spring rain, and aggressive firefighting have helped limit fire activity in California. Wildfire season could reach its peak in September and October in Northern California because of low humidity and potential offshore wind events according to the National Interagency Fire Center. Fire agencies expect higher than normal temperatures in Southern California through October. Combine that with significant rain falling later than usual. That means the fire risk will stay high. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. Farm workers from across California will begin a march up the Central Valley this morning. It's to support a voting rights bill. KVPR's Esther Quintanilla has more. The march kicks off in Delano. Farm workers from across the valley will be marching 335 miles to Sacramento to show their support for Assembly Bill 2183. The bill would expand how farm workers vote in union elections. The only option they have right now is to vote in person and on the property of their employer. Assembly member Ash Kalra is a co-author of the bill. What we want to do is make it easier for these farm workers to unionize by allowing them the opportunity to vote from their kitchen table, just like we do when we vote for elections. Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed a similar bill last year. But this time around, the authors of the bill are optimistic he'll sign it. And so is Elizabeth Strader from United Farm Workers. She says it's critical. These are workers that have never stopped, even when it's 110 degrees, even when the air may be choked with smoke tomorrow. For the California Report, I'm Esther Quintanilla in Fresno. Some state courts appear to be dragging their feet following a new law that's intended to give relief to people piling up late fees for infractions like traffic tickets. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports. SB 199, which went into effect last month, forgave hundreds of millions of dollars in outstanding debt for civil assessments owed as of July 1st, and the new law capped late fees at $100 going forward. But websites for Sonoma and Humboldt courts still show people can be charged $300 if they don't pay on time, and some possibly confused clerks at other courts say people still owe old debts. So says Rio Scharf with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. So we continue to be concerned that people are paying money on debt that they no longer owe. No comment yet from Sonoma and Humboldt Superior Courts. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. It's an election year with control of Congress in play. In one of Orange County's most competitive congressional districts, the sitting Republican Congresswoman and her Democratic challenger don't agree on much, but they do see eye to eye on one thing, U.S. policy toward Taiwan, which is very much in the news this week. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. Republican Congresswoman Michelle Steele doesn't often find herself praising House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but on Tuesday, as she campaigned at a community event in Westminster, Steele had kind words for the Democratic Speaker who landed in Taiwan yesterday morning over Chinese objections. She kept her promises to go to visit Taiwan, so that's a good thing. In agreement with Steele, her Democratic challenger, Navy Reservist Jay Chen, who was campaigning in Garden Grove on Tuesday. He's running to Steele's left on pretty much every other issue, but as the son of Taiwanese immigrants with family still in Taiwan, he was also thrilled to see Pelosi visit the island nation, which China considers a territory. I'm just glad that um, our speaker did not back down 
um, from the, the threats and the bullying that was issued by China. It's really important that we stand strong with our ally, uh, Taiwan. It makes sense that both Chen and Steele would back Taiwan against communist China. Steele also has a personal connection. Her parents fled North Korea. But more broadly, communism has long loomed large over politics here. The 45th district is centered around Orange County's Little Saigon area and includes the largest Vietnamese population in the U.S. Steele notes many of those voters fled communism, too. Still, there is daylight between Chen and Steele when you drill down. Chen attacks Steele for voting against the recent CHIPS Act, which will invest billions of dollars into American-made technology, and is aimed at giving the U.S. an edge over China. Orange County actually has one of the largest semiconductor industries uh, around. We would be building jobs right here. And unfortunately, you know, Michelle Steele voted against that. Steele responded by saying the bill was far too costly. She's pushing a piece of legislation that would let the U.S. provide more military equipment and other aid to Taiwan. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos in Orange County. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, August 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.